The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 26th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Guadalupe's Mexican Grill Food Made Fresh kickoff with your host, Phil Houck. Ladies and gentlemen, purveyors of the fine arts, your attention please. Just back from a triumphant tour of the Far East and Micronesia, including command performances for the Queen of Tibet and the Sultan of Brunei, I now present to you the one, the only, Fighting Irish Poet, Sir Philip Houck. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you so very, very much. <clears throat> uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, <clears throat> I call this one Two and Two. Two losses, then two wins. Two good days, two mortal sins. Eight games still to play. May they all be victories, we do pray. Week one against Ohio State, the defense was great, but the game, it lasts 60 men. The Irish, they took it on the chin. Next up was the herd. An easy win was the word, but the offense couldn't move. Boy, did that O-line need to improve. The Cal Bears were next, the Irish feeling hexed, Pine now at the wheel, finally a win with much appeal. Then, on to Chapel Hill, against an offense of steel, the Irish took the prize. Estimate the baby bus reached new highs. Two and two now, and we still cheer for a season to hold dear. On to Vegas, the Irish now fly. Beat the BYU Cougars is this week's cry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you very much. Thank you, you wonderful Go Irish. I love you all. Beat BYU. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Guadalupe's Mexican Grill, located on Illinois Road. Look for new Fort Wayne locations soon. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight. From America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and refreshing Coors Light. Made to chill. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog, because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. 
Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, what a way to exit a bye week. Getting on an airplane, flying to Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, and with the reputation that Vegas has as a town where anything goes, uh, does Marcus Freeman have any particular concerns uh, that his team might get distracted by those surroundings? Did he not, talk not, about that? Yeah, not based upon what he said this week, Phil. I mean, he said he's the one that was doing the bed check. It's at 8.30 Pacific time which is 1130 uh, Eastern time that we're, we're on here in South Bend. And so, uh, no, he's not concerned about that. I know they're, they're staying at a place, they're staying at a, a Red Rocks, which is apparently off the beaten path in Vegas. So, I, you know, I, I, a lot of people ask questions about this week. I mean, they're flying in Friday. They're staying together as a team. I'm sure they'll allow them a little bit time uh, out on Friday night, but, I mean, there's nothing – there's plenty to do, but there it won't be the Nordic football players doing it. Yeah, I, I think it'll absolutely just be a business trip. And uh, like you said, Marcus Freeman said he would be personally doing those bed checks at 8.30 p.m. Uh, PDT. They want to keep them on, uh, on on Notre Dame time, which which makes a lot of sense so that sure. uh, their bodies won't have to adjust. Uh and Allegiant Stadium, uh, that's a new one for both of us. What number stadium will this be for you to have visited in your uh, illustrious Notre Dame journalism career, Tim? Phil, I believe that's number 77, in which, you know, I say that number of people like 77. How could you possibly have gone to that many? Well, there's a lot of stadiums that have been replaced <laughs> over that time. So, you know, some venues or some cities, it's it's two stadiums really. Uh, that I've been to, but yeah, number 77, uh, another NFL stadium. Uh, and this one's really one to look forward to. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've seen it from the outside when it was almost built the last time I was in Las Vegas and it'll be nice to see what it's like on the inside. The pictures look amazing. And, uh, I'll note that, uh, you are at 77. My personal number is not anywhere near that unless you count small college football stadiums. And that's a whole different world where I cut my teeth for many years. Okay, let's talk about bye weeks a bit. Uh, the cliche says that teams coming off a bye have an advantage, more time to prepare, uh, injuries all heal, you come in, you're fresh and you got fresh legs and all that. But that is just a feeling that most of us have. You've gone into the numbers on this issue, Tim. Does a bye week help or hurt a team? Well, I don't think there's any doubt that it helps individual players that are banged up and need need rest. Marcus Freeman said Michael Mayer needed rest, which every Nordic fan, uh, you know, would be is is happy to hear that he had an extra week to to get better. Uh, I don't think he had a particular injury; just you know, he takes a lot of a pounding, but. You know, as it relates to, um, I mean, the one thing that I found out, you look at Notre Dame football over the last quarter century, and it is this, when Notre Dame is good, um, they usually win after a bye week. When they're not so good, their record's not so good after a bye week. So I think it really has more to do with two football teams on a given Saturday in the same stadium and who's better that day. And it's pretty much played out that way for the last 25 years. Yeah, apparently there just isn't a strong correlation. Among the numbers that you dug up in, in an article you wrote this week was that in 2021, among Power 5 matchups, teams coming off the bye were 32 and 33 against other Power 5 teams. I mean, there's just no correlation, really. It's uh, just what you would expect, whether there was a bye or not. Uh, since 2000, 
Uh, interestingly enough, Notre Dame is 19-6 and six coming off of buys. Notre Dame is usually pretty good. That's why you would have a winning record. Tim, a couple of questions to put to bed uh, the North Carolina game. North Carolina resumed their role last week by uh, defeating Virginia Tech 41-10. They moved to 4-1. and They're having a really good season. Did Notre Dame dismantle a pretty good football team a couple weeks ago, or did Notre Dame just play really, really well against a good team? How, how do you assess that? Well, I mean, they took advantage of a bad defense. There's no covering that up. I, you know, Virginia Tech's not very good. Uh, you know, so maybe North Carolina – Maybe they, you know, they made some improvements since since Notre Dame. But, you know, I, it, it's offensively where North Carolina is really good. And except for a couple of, you know, second half big plays, and you can't accept those or you can't have the exception. I get that. But Notre Dame did a pretty good job against Drake May. They held him around 50% completion percentage. He did throw five touchdown passes. Uh, three of them were, or two of them anyway, were the shorter variety. But yeah, I mean, it's a, I think it's a North Carolina team that will, because their offense is as good as it is. And maybe Gene Chizik, the, the defensive leader of that group, can get them to play a little bit, a little bit better defensively. I mean, there's no reason why they can't be an eight or nine win team, um, you know, by the end of the regular season. So a pretty good football team. Like I say, hey, you can, against a team like that, you can either play down to their level or you can whip up on them pretty good. And it was the latter. Notre Dame whipped up on them pretty good. And when you think about that Virginia Tech score, Virginia Tech only scored 10 points. I can't imagine a Power 5 team only scoring 10 points off of that North Carolina defense. So maybe they did improve a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also from the North Carolina game, let's talk targeting. J.D. Bertrand uh, will miss his second straight first half due to targeting violation. Uh, Tim Notre Dame filed an appeal on the call against Bertrand. What is the story, and how does Marcus Freeman feel about it? Well, I, I asked Marcus Freeman about it on Monday, and and he kind of laughed about it. it. It sounded like the appeal was shot down pretty quickly. Interestingly enough, um, one of one of BYU's starting cornerbacks, uh, Gabe Gabe Judy Lally, was also called for targeting. They appealed it. And it was overturned, so they will have him right from the beginning. You know, it's tough. I mean, I, I I thought Bertrand led with his face mask and not the crown of his helmet. There are a lot of variables in the rule. I guess that you can, you know, there there's intent. Uh, intent is interpreted in the decision as well. It is what it is. You got to imagine J.D. Bertrand's getting a little gun shy when he when he has a chance to to light somebody up, but. Uh, you know they'll be without him, and with Bo Bauer a little bit banged up, it creates a it, it creates a tough situation. They'll be without Bertrand for the first half of the game. Yeah, they will. And uh, that, as far as that targeting process, that's kind of been a, for a couple of years, kind of a mysterious thing. And uh, I know Marcus Freeman, just from his body language and the way he reacted to your question, didn't seem like he necessarily agreed uh, with that appeal being overturned. I think they felt Notre Dame had a really strong case. Anyway. One thing that the bye week may have helped is the development of that wide receiver core. Tim, uh, three guys we have not really heard from so far are freshman Tobias Merriweather, sophomore Deion Colsey, and veteran Joe Wilkins. How are they coming along? Any chance that they can contribute for the last eight games? You know, I would I would think that Joe Wilkins is probably the closest. Now, you know, he had Liz Frank surgery on his foot April 1st, and that the recovery time for that is is pretty extensive. So, 
he was back early. I don't know if he's still struggling with that. Uh, I mean, it can't be knowledge of the playbook. With the other two guys, it's a little bit different. With, with Tobias Merriweather, there are a lot of nuances of offensive play. There are checks at the line of scrimmage. There are, there are motions and various things that need to be done. He just hasn't picked up on all those. And Deion Colsey had a PCL injury in the preseason. And frankly, he hasn't, I'm not sure that he showed himself that way, that well on the practice field, uh, either last year to some extent in the spring and this year. So, I mean, it's a couple of young kids that just, they need to get better. And Joe Wilkins needs to get healthy. They need him on the field. He's not a big play guy but they just need another veteran presence on the field at at wide receiver. Yeah, Wilkins can help out in that regard. And, you know, just for the life of all of us in the media, many of us in the media anyway, thought that Merriweather and Colsey both um, would be big contributors. And they may yet be big contributors. There's always that hope and uh, because they are still very young. Uh, But one guy that won't be helping out the wide receiver position is safety Xavier Watts. Came to Notre Dame as a receiver. Uh, and when Avery Davis went down, he was moved back over to the position and was working out at both safety and receiver. Tim, what's the story on Xavier Watts? Well, Marcus Freeman said it, and Al Golden and safety's coach Chris O'Leary believe it, that you know Xavier Watts has a better future or is in a position to help Notre Dame more at safety. Now, not necessarily – uh, this season, but he does play. He made a, a, a real key pass breakup in the end zone against North Carolina. As you look ahead, DJ Brown will be gone after this year. Houston Griffith will be gone after this year. If Brandon Joseph can can uh, reach the point where he wants to in the NFL draft projections, he would leave after this year. I think he's probably more likely to come back because I, I don't know that he's going to be as high of a draft pick. But anyway, the point is that Xavier Watts is a guy that will be contending for a starting job at, at safety next year. And that wouldn't necessarily be true at wide receiver. So the need is great at both spots. Uh, it, it, it appears to be a little bit more urgent at wide receiver. And I would imagine if Xavier Watts, when he moved over there in August and split time between receiver and safety, had he shown that he was you know ready to, to really emerge at receiver, they would have continued the experiment but I don't think that that was the case, and he's got a good future at safety. Indeed he does. As Marcus Freeman's quote was, he is all safety, and he really does seem to have a, a knack for the position, a very hard hitter when he arrives <laughs> He arrives on the football field. Uh, Tim, among those players made available to the media this week was star in the making, Audric Estime. Tim, what's he like, and how high is this young man's ceiling? He's a pretty neat kid to be around. I mean, he's pretty glib. He, he seems to enjoy the the media process. He's pretty honest about uh, uh, about some things. About you know, he was asked whether you know the the timetable has been about what he expected. Well, he barely barely played last year, and so no, he wasn't particularly happy his freshman year when six of his seven carries came in the eleventh game of the regular season. But uh, really good running back, really determined. Loves the physicality of the position. He said his fumble against North Carolina was the first of his career, which is which is a little uh, a little hard to believe. But yet a big bullish guy like that that is strong and protects the football. Maybe it isn't that much of a surprise. But he's got a great future ahead of him. Um, you know, I've seen the nickname Baby Bus. He's not going to be Jerome Bettis, 
But I tell you what, when you combine the size, the power, and the athleticism, he is probably closest to the Jerome Bettis mold as anybody since Bettis played three decades ago. No doubt. And it's pretty remarkable to consider what he did say. And I, no reason not to believe him that he had never fumbled before. And, of course, he fumbled in, on the goal line, and that made uh, really amplified what happened uh, to the to the Notre Dame world. And apparently, from what he said, he really, really bothered him. He said he couldn't sleep, and he was texting Dylan McCullough, his running back's coach in the middle of the night, about how bad he felt about it. So – um, he obviously takes his job very seriously and doesn't intend to fumble anymore. Uh, Tim, a big topic the last few weeks has been the offensive line coming around. I, I'd like to take a look at this position uh, with a forward-looking view. they got two young tackles, Alt and Blake Fisher, a center who should be back, and two guards who won't be back. Recruiting has been very good in this area. Who steps in at guard next season? Oh, boy, I'm not sure I'm prepared to say that, Phil. Um, you know, I I know everybody, not everybody, but there's a lot of Rocco Spindler fans out there, and I had him placed at the top of his class when he signed a couple years ago, but he just, as of right now, he's not ready to be a, 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 a starter, certainly, and they don't feel, you know, um, that he's ready to be a contributor. So they really need him to step up. I'm going to throw out, you know, Billy Schroth, a freshman. Um, I, you know, I loved him coming out of high school. I think he has a chance, but he's a true freshman this year. Nord, I think Nordic fans got a little bit spoiled with, with two true freshmen playing tackle last year. But I've heard about a, a, a young man, Ashton Craig. He's a he's a true freshman, recruited as a center, but I could see very much see him coming into play at guard. Michael Carmody is a, another strong kid. I would think he would probably get the first crack. So there's some guys there uh, from which to choose and some really uh, some impressive young and up-and-comers. But Rocco Spindler still needs to take that next step. Well, unlike a few areas, particularly those skill positions on offense, Notre Dame has recruited very well on the offensive line. And as long as you – I think as long as Harry Heastan stays around, uh, that's going to be a position of strength for at least several more years to come. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 374th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Shearer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. Shearer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Sheer McCulloch. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. 
In the 10-game history of the Shamrock Series, the Irish are 10-0. The closest games were in 2013 against Arizona State in Dallas and 2015 versus Boston College in Fenway Park. Both were three-point Irish wins. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The Irish take on 16th ranked BYU in the Shamrock Series this week. The game is played in Las Vegas. TV coverage on NBC begins at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, new and previously owned, we share your boating passion. And this year, we're focusing on the Fighting Irish quarterback since 1988. So far, Tony Rice, Rick Meyer, Kevin McDougal, Ron Paulus, Jarius Jackson, and this week, Brady Quinn. 6'4", 227-pound Brady Quinn came to Notre Dame out of Dublin, Ohio in 2003 as the prized recruit of Tyrone Willingham. Shortly into his freshman season, he took over as starting quarterback and stayed there for four years. During those four seasons, he rewrote the Notre Dame record books. While showing flashes of brilliance, he mostly struggled through his first two seasons, but when Charlie Weiss came to town, With his pro-style offense in 2005, Quinn blossomed. Elected captain his junior year, he threw 32 touchdown passes and just seven interceptions and for nearly 4,000 yards on a team that went 9-3. Quinn saved his best for his senior year. Once again elected captain, he tossed 37 touchdown passes and again threw just seven interceptions. At one point, he went 226 straight attempts without an interception. The Irish that year went 10-3. and In all, Quinn set 36 Notre Dame quarterback records, and he still holds 22 of them, including career passing yards at 11,762 yards, and he also is the leader in touchdown passes at 95, which is 23 more than the second-place quarterback, Ian Book. Quinn was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. After three years there, he moved on to stints with the Chiefs, Seahawks, and Rams. Quinn currently serves as a football analyst on both TV and radio. He is heavily involved in philanthropic work, and last April it was announced by Notre Dame that he was spearheading a NIL foundation set up to help Notre Dame athletes to promote charitable organizations. Tim, the verdict was still out after his first two seasons at quarterback, but when Charlie Weiss came to town, Brady Quinn's numbers zoomed. He was fantastic, and yeah, he owed a lot of it to Charlie Weiss. I Notre Dame's going to have to have a change of offensive philosophy for anybody to approach a lot of the numbers that, that Brady Quinn said. I mean, he blew the Notre Dame uh, passing numbers out of the water during his time. I, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, we get to know these guys over the course of four years pretty well. Some guys more than others really enjoyed being around Brady Quinn. I thought he fully embraced, you know, the opportunity in the spotlight in his senior year and had a great year. 
Um, really enjoyed being around him. Tony Rice was another guy that that was like that. But Brady Quinn was uh, he was fantastic. Uh, the the numbers were outrageous. He wasn't. You know, people wonder why did he slip in the draft? Why didn't he make it? He just wasn't quite accurate enough. You have to be so pinpoint accurate in the NFL to make it, and uh, and he wasn't quite there. But a truly great Notre Dame quarterback. Yeah, he was, and you know, he did piece together an eight-year career in the NFL. That's that's more than most people. Let's put it that way. And after that 2006 season, his senior year, he was awarded the Maxwell Award as the nation's best college football player. Brady Quinn, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. BYU is 4-1. Last week, they defeated Utah State 38-26. They own a victory over Baylor, but lost 41-20 to Oregon three weeks ago. 10-3 a year ago. They returned 18 out of 22 starters this season. Quarterback Jaron Hall is in his fifth season in Provo and is a 71% passer who has thrown 12 TD passes and just one interception. Hall can scramble, but he's not running this season as often as last year. He has been sacked seven times. The Cougars have several good receivers. Keanu Hill leads the team with 328 yards on 16 catches. That's an impressive 20.6 yards per catch average, and he has four TDs to his credit. Back last week from injury is last year's top pass catcher, Gunnar Romney. He had four catches for 51 yards in his return performance. 6'2 junior Puka Nakua may be the Cougars' best overall receiver, but he has been injured and will be a game-time decision. Handling the bulk of the running chores is 6'1", 230-pound senior Christopher Brooks. Brooks, a transfer from Cal, is averaging six yards per carry and has scored four TDs. Defense has been a point of emphasis for improvement this year at BYU, and BYU will shuffle in and out a lot of players in search of the right combination. Predominantly relying on three-man fronts, so far in 2022, BYU has given up a lot of points at 26.4 per game. That ranks them 80th nationally. The Cougars have notched nine sacks through five games, and they are 93rd nationally against the run. Outside linebacker Ben Bywater is the team's leading tackler by a large margin with 37 stops. Similar to Marshall, BYU has capable cornerbacks who will play press coverage. It is notable that the Cougars are one of the most penalized teams in the country, ranking 118th in yards per game on penalties, and that their field goal kicker, Jake Oldroyd, has missed five of his last six attempts. Kalani Sataki is in his seventh year of leading the program, and he's built a solid culture. Over the last two seasons, they have put up an impressive 21-4 record. The Cougars are in their last season as an independent and will move into the Big 12 next year. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Northern defense has given up long drives, uh, big plays against North Carolina. But all in all, Northern's done a really good job of limiting Ohio State. Uh, they had a little bit too much give against Marshall, but limiting Cal and certainly limiting UNC until uh, after the game was decided. So I, I think the Northern defense will will take care of itself and keep that in relative check. I love Jaron Hall, very good football player. But, I, you know, this is boring, Phil, but I think everything in this game for Notre Dame is predicated on running the football. 
that will open up the passing game for Drew Pine. Drew Pine is not, you know, you can't go into a game where uh, you're just going to depend on throw, throw, throw the football. They have to run it. I think Nordheim can run it against them. I think they can run it wide, and that will open up the inside running game. So it starts right there for me, Phil. All right, run the football. I love that style of the game, too. And that is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, Audric Estime had a huge game uh, uh, two weeks ago against North Carolina. I'm going to pick, I'm, out, I'm, I'm going to say Logan Diggs slash Chris Tyree because BYU has had real difficulty uh, with perimeter defense against the run. That's why their ranking is as low as it is. We know that Estime will will be a battering ram between the tackles, but I think one of those two guys or maybe both of those guys uh, of Diggs and Tyree can really take advantage uh, of, of a flank that that BYU leaves open quite often. Okay, Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree and hopes that they can get some runs to the perimeter of the field. That is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the Injury Report, brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy, your choice for physical therapy now at 22 Indiana locations. Tim, how are the Irish health-wise going into Game 5? Pretty good, Phil. I mean, even even if they had had to play last week, it would have been pretty good. I had Ramon Henderson and DJ Brown, two safeties, probably would have been compromised. Brown with a, with a hamstring and Henderson with a with a foot. But uh, I, I, I think they expect them back. I mentioned Bo Bauer earlier. We, I don't think we're going to see the real Bo Bauer this season. He's got a bad shoulder. He's going to play through it, uh, which limits them at, at linebacker, especially with J.D. Bertram missing the first half. And then uh, Blake Fisher was poked in the eye in the fourth quarter against North Carolina, which, you know, I always say a poke in the eye at, at that level is head trauma. He was said not to have a concussion, but I expect him back in the lineup. Okay, still the uh, Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report continues to be good. Thanks, Tim. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by SES Environmental. Need help navigating environmental risk and with regulatory compliance? You need SES. Look them up at sesadvantage.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by three and a half points. What does America's foremost authority say? Phil, I love the matchup between the BYU passing game with quarterback Jaron Hall and a group of good receivers against Nordame's secondary. The secondary has played quite well this year. That's that's a matchup that I'm looking for uh, and, and will also tell the tale. BYU plays a lot of defensive linemen. I think it's because none of them are a real, real standout. Tyler Batty, I guess, would be their top defensive lineman, number 92. But I think that Nordame's offensive line is playing and can move that group. As I mentioned, is the key to the game. Running the football wide, I think, will open up things in the passing game for Notre Dame. BYU will get theirs because Jaron Hall's very good. He's very he's difficult to sack. He's got a great presence. He's Russell Wilson-like when, he, when you see his style of play. So I respect BYU. They're accustomed to playing big games against Power 5 teams and beating Power 5 teams. But I think the Nordame is the better football team here. My prediction is 33-24 in favor of Notre Dame. Notre Dame 33, North Carolina 24. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. 
Tim, I actually see this matchup to be a bit like the North Carolina game, except BYU's offense isn't as good and their defense isn't as bad. So I look for fewer points, but a similar margin as the Irish play good defense and run the football. ND 31, BYU 21. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media.